0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We've reached the point in our journey through the Acts of the Apostles where Stephen had just died, he was stoned, he was martyred and we have mentioned that Paul was a witness to his death and approved of his death and how this initiated a great persecution of the church of the early church and we saw that there's probably quite a time lapse between the end of verse uh, of chapter 7 and the beginning of chapter 8 because um saul is just an onlooker at the death of stephen but he in verse 3 of chapter 8 he emerges as one of the leaders of the persecution against the church. Saul tried to destroy the church wherever he could. He went from house to house, dragging off both men and women to be thrown into prison. So he is obviously risen in stature and in position from just being a young man to someone who is being entrusted by the Jewish council with persecution of Christian believers but as we saw yesterday when persecution occurred and people scattered as a result they took the gospel with them so we read in verse 4 but those who were scattered as a result of the persecution preached the gospel of jesus wherever they went for example philip went and proclaimed the christ to a city in samaria when the crowds heard philip's preaching and saw the miraculous signs he performed they listened attentively to his message Evil spirits came out of people with shrieks, and many paralyzed and crippled people were healed, causing great joy in that place. Now, let us note that they were not simply preaching a gospel of words, but of words followed by the signs that confirmed the truth of what they were proclaiming. They were seeing these miraculous signs, people being healed, people being delivered from demonic powers. And Jesus actually proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom in word and action in that way. So did the early church. So why do we think that in this day and age, we can promote the gospel of the kingdom with just words but without the actions? I mean, that, that is almost blasphemous, I think, because it's suggesting we can do today what Jesus couldn't do, And what these early Christians, so filled with the Holy Spirit, couldn't do. And I praise God that in recent years in the lives of many, many people in churches, God has been restoring the miraculous. Uh, There's a much greater expectation than when I was first ordained 45 years ago, 46 years ago, uh, of people getting healed and miracles happening day by day, week by week uh, in the churches. So, praise God, you know, things have changed, but there's still room for an awful lot more faith so that whenever we proclaim the gospel, we expect to see the power of God at work. Is there something about persecution there, Colin, that really does sharpen the church? Well, the church has always prospered as a result of persecution. Uh, We were seeing um, the other day that the country where the church is growing fastest at present is China, And the country where there is most persecution of Christians at present is China. And you put those two things together and you realize that's not accidental. And the reason for that is that during times of persecution, Christians really had to stand up and be counted. I mean, they had to be people of real genuine faith. Uh, I'm preparing at present the annotated version of the truth New Testament, going through writing the notes on on the various passages. And uh, I, I've been um, in, in these last few days doing the notes on 1 and 2 Thessalonians, for example. And also, uh, you know, in the 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, and so on, and, and Hebrews. I, I've been in that sort of area. And what you come across again and again is Paul insisting on, and, and the writer to Hebrews, insisting on how essential it is for Christians to persevere in their faith in the face of persecution and not deny Jesus. And it's there again and again and again, and how Paul is praying that people will persevere in their faith, that they will not give in to the temptation to renounce Christ just to preserve their lives. Better to confess Christ and die than to deny Christ and deny yourself an eternal inheritance. Because Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. So that was taken very, very seriously in the time of the early church. So therefore, people had to be people of real faith. Now, people of real genuine persevering faith like that produce other people of real persevering faith like that, because we all reproduce after our own kind. So that's why in times of persecution, you get a kind of faith that is very, very much, um, I think, more in line with the scriptures than we see where it's comfortable to be a Christian. For example, one of the things you you read about of, uh, the church in China is that uh, um, often they, they cannot advertise where their meetings are going to be held because if the authorities heard, they would turn up and bundle everybody into prison or whatever. Um, so everybody has to pray about where the meeting will be and what time they should go. So they don't all converge on that place at the same time, but they all turn up at different times so as not to draw attention of the authorities. Now, these are just the ordinary believers, you see, praying, where, Lord, where is the meeting gonna be this week? Lord, what time should I go? And you, you just think of the relationship that they have with the Lord, whereby they can pray like that, and not only expect to hear, but actually do hear so that the church is preserved and not exposed to, to what the powers of darkness would want to do. Very interesting, though, because as you just mentioned, Philip went to Samaria. There were many miracles there. But at the same time, there was this man, Simon the Sorcerer. You always seem to have this these people that come in and try and undermine what God is doing. Yes, constantly, <laughs> wherever there is... Um, a move of God. There will be deception there, from others. There will be those that will be used by the devil to seek to undermine or oppose what is happening through so a whole e- variety of ways. You expect that? Oh, absolutely. It goes as part of the story. It goes, goes with the territory. I mean, you know, there, there's a scripture that says that anyone who is in Christ Jesus it will be persecuted. I mean, there is something actually wrong if we don't if we're not experiencing persecution. I mean, I've experienced persecution all the way through my ministry. And often it's come from within, not from outside the church, you know, the nominal church anyway. Uh, I'm not saying my own church, but you know, there's constant opposition because um, the enemy is not afraid of Christians, but he is afraid of Christians who pray with faith because they are the ones who will invade his territory Who will rob Satan of people that he is able or has been able in the past to control and to influence? So, you know, there's bound to be um, attacks from the enemy because he will try to um, prevent a move of the Spirit from taking place. So, Jesus prays for unity. So, the enemy wants to divide, he wants to. Cause the kind of party factions and, and um, you know, following after men rather than being united in faith, which you read about in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, for example. So, you know, the church lived in this constant, constant uh, awareness of the spiritual battle in which they were involved. Uh, when Paul says, fight the good fight of faith, uh, he knew what he was talking about because, Uh, to persevere in faith there is going to be this fight but what we always have to remember is that Jesus is our victory and he gives the victory to those who believe and trust in him we read in verse 9 about this man Simon now he was someone who practiced sorcery and he was performing counterfeit miracles when when that happens Uh, demonic spirits are used and it seems that people are getting healed but actually what is happening is they're being put into bondage to the demonic spirits that uh, are being used to bring about the healings and there's absolutely no doubt that counterfeit miracles in the occult uh, can happen in in that way but of course, they're nothing like the miracles that are performed in the name of Jesus because those m- miracles set people free completely uh, because it is the good spirit, the Holy Spirit, that is actually being used to um, perform those wonderful miracles in, in, in Jesus' name. But of course, just as um, the miracles that Philip and the other apostles were performing, helped with the um, promotion of the gospel confirming what uh, philip was um, preaching then so these counterfeit miracles also attracted attention not drawing the attention to uh, jesus and to the truth of the gospel and of the kingdom but drawing attention to the one through whom uh, these counterfeit things were happening so Simon w- would have been exalting himself, not exalting Jesus, and when we read what happened subsequently, it's very important for us to remember that, because of course um, Philip could see right the way through this, and, and Peter and John, when they appear on the scene, they would have perceived very much that Simon still was not delivered himself from the evil influence that he had used to bring about these counterfeit miracles, as we shall see tomorrow. You've been listening to Faith For Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com.